Hello. Hello, Marilyn. How are you? Hi, Dan. How are you? Doing very well. Doing very well today. Big week. Huge week. Whoo! Where do you even begin? Where do you? I don't know. Where do you start? Where do you start with something like that? I prepared a little bit. All right. I like that. Mm-hmm. It's the good ones. Mm-hmm. Did you prepare? You got anything you want to you want to open with? Uh, nothing to open with. I got topics, though. I mean, uh, I got, I got I, well, nothing. Not, not big topics. Ooh, I got a couple, topics. couple potential topics. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I got some odds and some sods. I got some. We got some uh, good follow up from our listeners, um, and we've got some internal uh, uh, domestic follow up as well. That is correct. You are correct. <laughs> um, let's see. Well, let me ask. Did you? Uh, we talked last time. We wrapped up last week episode talking with uh, you considering what to do to add a new iPhone to the Benjamin household. Has there been any progress, change, propulsiveness on that issue? Uh, we had a, we had the conversation, and oh, uh, she is uh, the the plan that she said was for, that she approved of was. I will get a new iPhone, whether it's the 8 or the 10, and if I like it, she would gladly take the 7 Plus that I have, mm-hmm. and uh, she's looking forward to the camera, she's not looking forward to the larger size phone, and I pointed out, I said, you know, I said, it, it really is worth it, not only do you get the better camera, but the screen, the larger screen is really, really nice. I asked her, I said, how often do you see me using my iPad? She says, you never use your iPad. I said, that's right. Because the phone is so big, I don't need an iPad anymore. Interesting. And so she liked the idea of that, even though she's got an iPad Pro. And, and that's her iPad Pro is, is, I mean, we have an iMac in the house and we do certain things with that. But overall, her primary computer has been the iPad Pro since she got it. Not it's long so after good. the first one came out. I mean, that, and we've got it in the, in the Logitech case. It doesn't, not, not the one with the keyboard, just the, um, just the sort of it, it's that sort of firm fabric and it, it the way the hinge works is it's freely adjustable so it doesn't just lock into different uh angles and she loves that thing the battery life on it's killer and uh and so that that's it i haven't got the phone yet uh but i'm thinking i might this week and uh and see how it goes you know i the big sticking point for me, the only sticking point for me, isn't isn't the notch, which I'm not a fan of, but I don't think I would care very much about it. It it really just comes down to the switch from Touch ID to Face ID, and uh, and so that that's the one question mark that I have about it. Um, and and the only way to know is to it, try. You got to give it a few days. You got to give right. it a few days. Right. I um I do still miss having a button, as I say every week. But uh, it also is really handy, as we talked about. It's nice to be able to kind of switch back and forth to go between apps right from any screen. Sure. Um, and then the rumor mill is now churning to say that a Face ID iPad um, might be on the way, which is a very interesting idea. So, I mean, you know, way of the future. I think that's this is kind of where they're headed with this stuff. Definite way of the future. I think, you know, this is this definitely seems like, I mean, I've seen... Uh, um, that was that Tom Cruise uh, movie, Minority, Minority Report. Report. Well, I've seen that where you walk into the Gap and they say, "Hello, Mister Man. Uh, we have a shirt in the size that fits you right over here. We think you'll like it based on your last twenty purchases." Yeah, that's mm-hmm. the future. We're going to have that. I mean, the question is, will we have retail stores? But um, that's where we're headed. And so, Face ID, face recognition. 
eyeball scanning, whatever. Um, yeah, a lot of our justice system will rely on wooden balls. Uh, yeah, wooden balls that drop out of you know little shoots. Uh, yeah, robots my, in a pool from people laying in a pool. Sure, it can happen. Um, oh, Philip K. Dick, he was so wise. What did you call me? Hmm. Oh no! Come on, we're just between friends. Okay. Um, I I think it's I think it's good for you to try. I think you like I say I would I would say be prepared to give it a week, but you still got three weeks to return it. If sure. You don't like it. It's been real interesting. Right before we talked last uh, last time, I guess last Tuesday, I grab. I mentioned to you that I grab my um, iPhone Seven Plus, yeah. and put um, iOS twelve on it. Right. Boy, it's a great phone. It's big. It's big, but boy, is it ever a good phone? And it's. I don't know. We don't have, don't have time to talk about it today, but with my daughter using one of my old, she's using my old six S. Um, and I'm using now using the iPhone seven plus. So neither of which have cell service. So they're not phones per se anymore. You know what I mean? Yes. No, they're, 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 they're Wi-Fi. They're iPod touches that are much nicer. Boy, it's, uh, it's pretty crazy though. I mean, I mean the, the obvious thing that I feel like I always have to point out is, you know, how interesting it is that these got slipped into our consciousness as phones, as the heir apparent, to what became called feature phones. You used to have dial phones, right. then you'd have wireless phones, then we had mobile phones, we had cell phones, we had feature phones, eventually you had smartphones. But you know, all along the way, it was still, you bought it, you bought it at a phone store. You bought it at a <laughs> store for phones. Right, yes. Still, most of the ads for iPhones, that I feel like most of the ads for iPhones we see on TV are seemingly apple produced like co-brands with like at&t yeah i always wonder who is producing those is that at&t and they they work with apple is it them on their own and it has to be approved or is apple making it i i don't know i've wondered that i i have to imagine apple has tremendous input because it really looks like it's an apple ad until the very end when you see the at&t logo right so i imagine they have huge but you know it's just i think it shouldn't go without saying what a strange world it is that we still go to a phone store in some cases to buy these that when you when you get it hooked up you gotta you know if if you want cellular coverage you need to do it through a company that's selling what we in in a legacy world considered phone service yes and it's so strange, though, because, I mean, apart from the occasional pop-up reminding me there's no SIM card in this phone, <laughs> like, it works totally fine. It's, it's, it really is, it's, it's a remarkable time. And the 7 Plus really is a, a good, albeit very, very large phone. But, you know, the, the one thing that's interesting, though, is, like, um, I've been trying to force myself to use it a lot, obviously, like, around the house. Um. And it does make me realize, though, that big screen is – it's so spacious. It is really beautiful. Mm-hmm. And it's kind of weird because the iPhone X, I think, is – it feels like it's a slightly weird screen size. Hmm. Um, not – I mean, it's not intractably bad. There still are not – Is it? Does it still, feel like when you'd hook a Mac up to like a window – like a, like a PC monitor for – for some reason and you're like hmm. it could it could but it feels even more like if you ran you know if you go into uh i haven't had occasion to do this in years but back when you'd be using different monitors or you'd be setting up a new monitor you might have occasion to go in and do the more advanced settings for screen uh screen size resolution refresh. right sure sure and you could you could make some really really heinous things with that and i think iphone 10 is it must be a slightly strange size because I notice that things that seem optimized on other phones don't feel as optimized. Like there's logins where like the sign in button is below the fold just slightly and stuff like that. Where like it's a like on older design. older apps or 
you know, like on, on websites, for example, oh. there are still a ton of apps that don't account for the notch, which doesn't bother me nearly as much as the number of things that don't have an iPad app. That's really frustrating. I mean, looking at a, an iPhone app on an iPad, an iPad Pro is pretty bad. It, it's really the size that it can accommodate in terms of that extra width to fill the screen. It looks when you run it at double size, it looks so stupid. That to me is more frustrating, but I, I guess I understand why. But um, no, that's just that's the only weird thing about the ten is that like it is. It's a, it, I think it's perfectly large for the stuff that I need to do. But I think it must fall between two fairly standard sizes for. Um, responsive websites right where it's a little confused about how much it should show but um no i think it's, i'm interested to hear how your experiment goes um yeah i'm looking forward to it too i'm you know i i feel like it, it'll be it'll it'll be the first iphone that i've gotten that i feel like will take some getting used to and that's something that's really interesting i think apple was very aware of that when they uh when they released the phone knowing we're, we're making a whole bunch of changes. We're getting rid of one of the things that made the iPhone, the iPhone with the home button. And they mm-hmm. said, you know what? We're, we're really changing things up here. Not only won't you have a home button, but you'll get a whole bunch of gestures that you need to, to learn that will actually be pretty cool once you learn them. And we're also getting rid of the whole notion of touch ID. Uh, and we're going to do this other kind of recognition. And I heard that the new version lets you do two people with touch, with, fa- uh, with face ID. Well, that'd be cool. I heard that. Uh, so, yeah, it'll it'll be interesting. I don't know if now is the right time to talk about uh, to talk about the, my Android experiment or not. I'm prepared to do oh, that. Oh, okay, uh, all right. I, we, we, could, we could make time for that. Shelve I, I, I that forget, or do it now, whatever. I forget which is haptic and which is taptic. I forget which is which. But I'll tell you one thing. I noticed is that the um, like the vibration on the Seven Plus is really heavy compared to the iPhone Ten. It, like I can hear it like when it buzzes yeah. in the kitchen and it's in its wooden like <laughs> bamboo holder thing. Right. It's like, <laughs> <laughs> nice. you really feel it. Um, yeah, yeah. It's it is it's it's so strange. I mean, this is an old man thing, but like it's so weird to me. Like you know, my daughter and I, like I say, we can Facetime each other as long as we're on Wi-Fi. We can Facetime each other anytime. You know, it doesn't need to be a phone. It's it's a strange time. Um, let's go through a couple other little things. We'll, uh, we'll leave time here for the Android experiment. All right. Um, you'll keep us updated on what's happening with the, yeah, if I, if I do it, if I do it, it'll be, uh, it'll, it'll be probably, hopefully this week I'll be able to get to, uh, get in there and make it happen. Um, oh, in a minute, I'll knock out a couple of these little quick other follow-ups and suggestions. Why don't you tell me about something that you like? Sure. Guess who I can tell you? I can tell you all about Slack. Slack. Love Slack. Love Slack. Use Slack it's a, it's a lot. It's the collaborative hub for teens. For teens, uh, this mm-hmm. is this is a lovely. Now, people will come up to me and they'll stop me on the street and they'll say, "How do how do I use the Slack?" And I say, "You can use it on the web. You can use it as a website." And people are like, "Well, wait a minute. If I use it as a website, how will I get notifications?" Well, of course, you can still get notifications. So I just want to clear that up. So many people pull me aside on the street mm-hmm. and, and ask me that. Yeah. Uh, you don't have to use the app for it. I use the Slack app on my Mac. I also use the Slack app on my phone. And what's beautiful about this is it doesn't matter whether you're using it on a website or a mobile device or the app. It's all seamless. And this is a brilliant thing. It's especially useful. I know people that uh, that do this all the time. When they're working remotely or they're going from one location to another location or even when they're traveling, 
they might be sitting in front of their computer and say, okay, it's time to go to lunch. They close, you know, shut down their computer, sleep their computer, and then uh, they continue that conversation right where they left off on their phone. Now, you would say to yourself, this doesn't seem like a miracle. It's 2018. Everyone should be able to do that. But Slack just makes it so easy and so seamless is the word I'm looking Mm -hmm. for to do that. And it's so, so nice because half the time I'll talk to somebody and, uh, and they'll, I won't know where they are. It turns out they're, you know, sitting in an airport waiting for a plane or they're, you know, they're commuting in the process of commuting. They can still talk. They can still have a conversation. And there was somebody recently I was giving some support to because I use, um, technically I don't do support in Slack, but once in a while someone can ask a question. It's so nice to be able to just type into their search and it'll show you every conversation you've ever had with anybody, anytime somebody's mentioned a term, anything like that. It's so easy to be able to say, oh, now I don't need to ask, you know, I don't need to ask Ryan how to, you know, create a new Postgres user it, he answered that question three months ago, and I found it by just typing Postgres user in the little search. Like That's invaluable, that kind of thing. There are so many really cool tips and tricks that we just don't have time for in Slack. But at the end of the day, it makes it easier for you to communicate with the people that you want to talk to, whether they're team members, employees, friends. Uh, it's just so nice to do. Another thing that I do all the time when I'm working with uh, with my designer um, he'll mock something up and he can use that handy dandy, take a screenshot, you know, uh, control shift command four and select an area of the screen or select a window. You don't have to save that out as a file and then drag it into Slack. You can just command V and paste that right into the Slack window and it'll allow you to annotate it with, you know, say, oh, this is what I was thinking of, whatever, put in a title and a description and it'll put it right into the Slack window and you can talk about that. I mean, that kind of thing, that kind of ease of use and convenience is just brilliant. It, it, and again, all that's saved, all of it's searchable. It shows up everywhere uh, and I just love it. And so here's what they want you to do. If you want to go check Slack out, go to Slack, S-L-A-C-K, Slack.com and, uh, and go check it out. This is the place where work happens and you can go there to learn more. It's free to sign up and try out. And it's great. I don't know where we'd be without it. Uh, they've thought of everything. It integrates with everything, and it's awesome. So thanks very much to Slack for making this show possible, Slack.com. Thanks, Slack. Buck, buck. Um, I had uh, cause recently to re-log into the Slack app. Mm. Um, and I love a thing that they do. So a couple of the Slacks I'm on require two-factor, which I think is not a terrible idea at all. But I love the I love that you can go in and when you log in, it'll send you the magic link. Yes, the magic link, so that so that uh, if you verified yourself with an email address, it just sends you a link. You can click it. You don't even have to like go through the login process again. That's yeah, so cool. Love That's it. A great app. You know, they've just thought about what makes it easier and uh, to to get stuff done and get out of your way. I never would have predicted that it would be as successful as it is. It's just, it's, it's one of the toughest sells when you're doing a new business is to take something that you think you've seen before and then so vastly improve it over what you've had before. Right. So and kudos if, to Slack. And imagine like the pitch for that. It's like, oh, we yeah, come out like, with. It's like IRC, but it costs money. Right. It's like, <laughs> no, well, what? Why would we want that? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it can like change your workplace. I had a couple uh, suggestions and links. Um, uh, I was mentioning this earlier today. Um, I was spending <laughs> spending my morning watching uh, WWDC videos because that's the kind of life that I lead. Um, I'm very excited about Siri shortcuts, uh, the app for which is not in 
the beta for 12 yet, but I, I assume we'll be coming at some point. But yeah, I um, saw your tweet about that. You're, that you're excited about that. It's really neat. So I was watching a real, uh, you know, it was for developers. It's basically showing you in using Xcode, like what you can do in terms of the intents and in terms of how you donate the, the, the series searches and stuff like that. It's, it's way above my head, but seeing the power of what it can do is really inspiring and all the flexibility that they're giving to developers is super cool. But, um, a link via a friend of the show, Alex Cox, uh, is this, uh, really good page. It's in show notes uh, where you can see a bunch of the, um, some videos for WWDC. And so I was watching the one called Introduction to Siri Shortcuts for Developers. They also have one on uh, how it's going to work with the watch face, uh, building for voice with Siri Shortcuts, et cetera. It's all way above my pay grade in terms of the tech stuff, but they also then demo it, obviously, to show you uh, what it can do. Uh, so if you are interested in seeing what's coming um, in the fall, uh, I would say check out uh, those videos. And in particular, look at that one, Introduction to Siri Shortcuts. And where would people go to find show notes? Our show notes for this show? Episode 380 of your Back to Work program. Yes, yes. Where would they go? They would go to 5by5.tv slash B as in brothers, 2 as in the number, W as in walrus, slash 380. 380. Other thing I wanted to suggest, I am a proud member of the Mac Stories family. Um, and then I get a nice uh, Federico Vitici and John Voorhees and team. And I get their little, uh, nice little newsletter each week with um, bonus stuff. And uh, I learned about an app in there that I hadn't seen before. You know, they demoed that AR measurement app on screen. Yeah, where you could for people who didn't watch this, this is a new app on the on the phone that allows you to sort of you you point your phone's camera at an object that is sitting on your desk, for example, and uh, you identify, I guess, by tapping the corner of the one of the boxes or the end point, and then you tap another end point and it's able to measure the size of that object for you. Yeah. Yeah. First of all, it like kind of detects the environment. It looks for the floor and um, it's, but you know, the one that they showed is, uh, you know, obviously it looks really cool. There's an app you can already get that works on iOS 11 that I learned about from Mac stories that I really recommend y'all checking out. You can find it in show notes. Uh, you just go to measure kit. Like it sounds measure kit.com. Have you seen this before? No, I haven't. And I, I, as soon as I saw it, uh, I was thinking, I wonder if some app that exists already just got Sherlocked with this one. And there was a few things that got Sherlocked. Well, seen. I got a feeling unless they add a bunch to it, this one will continue to do more. I mean, it's effectively Sherlocked. I'm sure just cause that's how Sherlocking works. But, um, I mean, the idea, there have, I, I have seen other apps and used other apps on 11 that lets you like point to two things and, and detect the distance, but go and look, look, look at what this thing can do. Um, it does stuff like you said it's in the uh, show has, notes or what's it called again? Yeah, measure kit. It's in show notes. Measure kit. AR ruler for ah, ruler app for yeah. iOS eleven. But it does some really neat stuff. Um, it does the straightforward stuff of like you know you point it here to there and it shows you how long something is. You know one edge of something. Um, I don't understand how you would use this, but the measure by drawing in space um, looks really cool. Uh, the marker pin tool. An angles tool, super handy. Like, show me what the angle of this thing is. Mark, mark three points and tell me what that angle is. Um, a really cool thing called the cube tool, where once it's identified the environment, you can draw a virtual floating 3D cube to see how much room something would take up in an area. And, of course, a level tool. But here, check this out. Check your uh, check your messages. All right, hold on. Looking, clicking, looking, 
I like the screenshot preview that they have of the face that sort of oh, horror, yeah, it'll horrified. Oh, like a mesh of your face. face. Oh, so nice. Crazy. Okay, I'm looking. Are you seeing what's happening oh, here? Oh, no way. So you pointed at the ground. <laughs> That's awesome. And then you pointed at a person at their face. Oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to get it just for that. Thank you. I'm getting... And I can tell that my daughter is four foot 11 inches tall. Oh, I got to uh, get this. Just by using this app. How cool is that? That is stupid cool <laughs> it really is i tested it and it works oh man it's so neat but i want to the one i do want to play with more that has a real actual practical component is the cube tool i want to try that more very clever stuff um and, I and, and it's it worth it 499 it's worth it huh i mean i'm getting it i just bought pay it the, pay the people title pay the people it's an app <laughs> i like i like somebody it. made it somebody made it with their time pay them um yeah, or you can wait till fall and get the neutered yeah. version that Apple deigns to give you. Right. No, I'm going to so I'm going to support the these people and un- unsherlock them by buying their software. Desherlocked. I got it. It's on. Now she's, speaking she's of big. speaking of she's, of she's apps, three inches. Uh, she's only three inches shorter than Anna Kendrick. Can you believe that? <laughs> that's your. That's <laughs> we watch Pitch Perfect. <laughs> I'm forever asking. I'm forever asking my lady in the tube how tall people are. I'm like that Anna Kendrick. She's she's very slight. How tall is she? <laughs> That I can't she's multi-talented uh, act. She can act. Oh, she can that's sing. such a good movie. Um, I was going to yeah. say, speaking of, of apps, yeah. that stupid pool app has infected my whole family and everybody that I know now. So thanks a lot for that. I don't understand how you get better at it. You don't. I just, I mean, I you got to get a good break. This is Zach Gage's Just app. like real pool, no one's really that good except for the few people who are really, really good. Zach Gage Pool. What's it called? It is called Pocket, Pocket Run. Pocket Run Pool. Pool. And, and that, and here's the stupid thing, okay? And this is something like, I'm, I'm embarrassed to admit this, okay? But, so if you, if you just download the app and you don't uh, upgrade, I guess it's an app purchase to remove the ads. You just see the ads. So I guess every new game or every other new game, it'll show you a little it's pretty annoying though it's a pretty annoying full page ad if you don't take it out and don't pay for and it. some of these games they're, they're you know they're showing like a full video of the other game and you get to sit there and watch it and so i'm watching this one and and it shows this balloon and the balloon just sort of sits at the bottom of the screen it doesn't move left or right it just stays there and i guess the balloon is supposed to be moving upwards and then you have a you put your thumb on the bottom of the uh, your thumb on the bottom of the screen, and you can move it left to right, up and down, and you're basically moving a little, for lack of a better term, a ball that knocks things out of the way of the rising balloon, which you can't. This is in an ad. This is in an ad, and so it's showing you footage of this other game. And so I, I looked at it. I'm like, that kind of looks like fun. And I, I went up buying that stupid app now. Oh my God. And you punched the monkey. I did. I've never done that. I listen, in my whole life, I don't think I have ever clicked a clicked on an ad and B, uh, actually bought something from an ad. Yeah. Like ever. I've been using the internet since the internet. Mm-hmm. And I've, I don't think I've ever done this. And now I've stumped stupid pool game. Now I bought. And by the way, the other app is called Rise Up. Rise Up. Come on, rise up. 
Uh, and uh, it's this is it and so you just you're clearing the way for balloon and I can't get past more than 20 seconds of it and my son can't either so but it but there's so many different shapes that come down sometimes it'll be little dots sometimes it'll be rocks sometimes it'll be Hmm. pointed triangles sometimes it'll be a thousand tiny little dots and you got to clear them all out of the way by moving your finger like crazy over there it's crazy (laughs) you got to get it though you gotta get yeah. it. It's called Rise Up. Rise Up. I'm gonna put right. it in the show notes. Rise okay. Up. iOS Rise app. Up. Uh, Rise Up on the App Store, iTunes, Apple. Rise Up. Only one percent. Please disable ad block. Without ads, we will not survive. Please disable ad block on our site and then click refresh button. Thank you. <laughs> Four. Command. Sometimes there's like a like a, a big U shaped thing, and you don't want to flick it away. You've got to use it to block the little cubes that are coming down. Mm. sometimes there's like uh stars that that when you hit them they bounce around. oh man you gotta get on this all right all right i'll do it um what else we got here tv show um, recommendation for me huh you have any tv show recommendations um not really i don't think i'm gonna start watching fleabag I liked Killing Eve so much. I'm finally going to go back and watch Fleabag. I'm, Killing Eve is going to be my uh, my next binge show if it's if good. it's as good as good, everyone good. Well, says. I really hope you like it. Um, let's uh, let's make sure we save some room for your Android journey. Can I do? Um, let, let's let's not do any deep, complicated advice today. Yeah. But I, I have um, a show recommendation. I have several show recommendations. Oh, gosh. I'm sorry. Please go ahead. Okay. Um, the first one, I'm almost done with it. It's called Safe. Have you heard of this? It's on Netflix. No, I know a movie called Safe. I don't know. Uh, you should probably see. But um, okay. I don't know the TV show. Hmm, uh, safe. So this has, uh, it is an eight episode show. It is, uh, it is British. Uh, and it is, I is guess. It Dexter? It has the Dexter guy, um, uh-huh. who who also is known as Michael C. Hall. Yep, he's the guy from uh, Six Feet Under. He's Six the other Feet guy Under, from Six Dexter, Feet Under. and um, <clears throat> which Dexter is still one I haven't seen. He's also in Game Night. Has a very small role in. Game oh, cool, Night. cool. Well, no spoilers. He's a great actor, and apparently, uh-huh. so I have to I have to warn our uh, American audience. Um. He uh, he does a British. He's British in this. Now I don't know. Uh-huh. Uh, somebody told me that he was British in real life. What? And then I looked it up and it says, no, he's from North Carolina or something like <laughs> That's that. That's not in England. I don't think it is. Wasn't Mm-mm. that the first, wasn't that where um, the first colonists, the United States came, came aboard was in Raleigh? Yeah. Well, Chapel Hill, technically. Chapel yeah. Hill. Well, they anyway, pulled, they pulled their boats right up. So he does a British accent in this. So if it, if it bothers you to hear an American doing a British accent, Mm-hmm. Uh, don't watch the show. But if once you, after the second, third episode of him not talking like I expect him to talk, uh, I was really into it. Anyway, this is what I guess you would call a, a murder mystery of sorts. And uh, it is, uh, it's very interesting. And there's lots of li- little twists and stuff. But it's not, it's not like one of those like gory, gruesome, oh my God, don't show me that kind of shows. It's, it's, oh, it's right there on the Netflix. It's right on the Netflix. <clears throat> mm-hmm. So I, I highly recommend that. Now, I, I can't tell you if it has a satisfying ending or not because I'm, I'm one or two episodes away from seeing the actual ending. But so I far, love little short seasons. It's love been that. great. It's been great. Uh, another one that uh that i will recommend i'm only a few episodes into this it requires a tremendous amount of uh suspension of disbelief for me because they they've gotten a lot of things 
tremendously wrong that disturbed me, but it's a show called Rain, also on Netflix. Have you heard of that one? Mm-mm. Okay. So without giving anything that you don't learn in the first maybe 30 seconds away, um, th- something terrible has happened. The rain. The rain uh, is uh, there is a storm that is approaching. They're somewhere in S- Sweden, they're I think. In, uh, they're in Danish. In Danish. And they mm-hmm. uh, the the rain is somehow killing everybody. Mm. And so uh, I don't want to give too much away. No, no, enough said. But also it's also on the Netflix. Also on Netflix. I'm only a few episodes into that. It's subtitled, uh, and so if if subtitling uh, bothers you, then don't watch that. But it, I, I thought it was really really good, and and I recommend watching it with the subtitles. Don't watch it overdubbed because no. overdub is horrible. So don't watch that. And um and and so I I recommend that as well. That's it. That sounds good. Yeah. Both of those are, are well worth your time. I, I think uh, the anyone who's watching, I remember when I recommended gringo, I had a lot of people on Twitter say, Oh my God, I just got to that part that you said. And Oh mm-hmm. my God, I don't know what to do. I'm not okay. Um, this does it. This isn't quite like that. It, uh, but, but you do, there's things that they got wrong. I don't want to spoil it for anybody, Mm-mm. but there, there are problems. I have problems, but that has. But the rest of the show is so good; it's not even taking away from. You know, like I'll, I'll give you an analogy. If, if there was a show uh, about like people who had to like dive underwater or something, and like mm-hmm. the one guy lost his snorkel mask and like survived underwater for twenty minutes, you'd be like, oh, you can't really live for twenty minutes underwater or swimming around and doing all that stuff. But the show's so good, I'm going to keep watching it. It's kind That's of not accounted for in the universe of the show. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's it, not like some kind of like a leftovers r- thing where there's a reason for it. No, and so there's just there's some things that happen. You're like that doesn't seem realistic at all. But I know I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go with it. All right, that's all I got. Charlize Theron used to be married to Sean Penn. False. Huh. False. 2013 to 2015. Is it a different Sean Penn? <laughs> no, that's <laughs> him. Yeah, Sean. He was Penn. married to Madonna and Robin Wright. Charlie. And according to this, he oh they were partners Penn. for two years. I can go along with that. Sean Penn. Charlie's there and finally speaks out about her failed romance with Sean Penn. Says she didn't ghost him. Oh, Sean Penn. Uh, they used to say in the West, they'd say it looks like he's been uh, rode hard and hung up wet. <laughs> <laughs> I like Sean Penn. Did you ever sure. see that movie? Uh, what was it called? Taps. Something st- Mean Street? Mean Street? Mean. Sean Penn. Let Sean. Me, something like that. Mean Street. I, I am Sam. Dead Man Walking? No, it was a real early. Like, oh, Bad Boys. Bad Boys. Bad Boys. 1983. Bad Boys. 1983. Bad Boys. Movie. What you going to do when they come for you? Yeah, Bad Boys. 1983. Um, coming-of-age crime drama film set in a juvenile detention center starring Sean Penn, Isai Morales, Clancy Brown, Alan Rock, and Ali Sheedy in their film debuts. Wow. Directed by Rick Rosenthal, the original (gasps) musical score component. Then the show notes. Bill Conti. I I have vague memories of watching this. I was probably 11 or 12 years old. Uh, I don't really remember anything other than at the time... It was incredibly violent and disturbing, and I, that's all I remember about it. And Sean Penn, uh, and I remember something about uh, a radio that is set to detonate and explodes, and mm-hmm. then some giant fight 
I don't know if it holds I love up. Ali Sheedy. Hey, yeah. Yeah, I know you like yeah, her. I should have I should have mentioned that first. I used to love those crooked teeth. Sean Penn. These are good suggestions. Remember <laughs> when when they uh glow, glowed her up in the library? Ali Sheedy. Yeah, that comes up in um that movie comes up in uh in Pitch Perfect. I think it's a little overrated. It's also problematic. But sure, sure I remember that. Mm-hmm. I think that one got a little intense. Mm-hmm. I like no, I like a pretty in pink. I like a pretty in pink. That's a good movie. Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh, they're all problematic now. <laughs> yeah. Everything from that time period is Oh boy, you just you just don't know. Yeah. It's until you go back and you want your whether you're like, wow, that was an, <laughs> that was a <laughs> different time. We're not even talking about porkies. Uh, oh boy. I gotta um, now I gotta go watch porkies. Well Is it as good as I remember it? That's the same guy that did Christmas story. Really? Yeah, isn't that strange? Porky's was like the holy grail for like pubescent teen boys at that time. Oh, absolutely. It was like, that was like, that's all you had to, if you wanted to like make friends Mm -hmm. with like kids you didn't meet, you guys seen Porky's? Like you're instant friends now. What was the gym teacher? Uh, Ball breaker? Ball breaker? Was that her name? (laughs) I think so. Hmm. So stupid. They pulled out all the stops with that one, didn't they? Yeah. Didn't they have to return to Porky's? Yeah, there was more than one. Did Porky have revenge? Mm -hmm. He had revenge, right? Uh, Yeah. Was there a third Porky's movie? There there should have been if there wasn't, knowing the 80s there was. Googling Porky's. Porky's. And you know who played the... um, (gasps) Kim Cattrall. Yeah, Kim Cattrall played her. She's in so many weird movies. (laughs) Remember Mannequin? She was in Mannequin, Mannequin too. Mannequin was filmed at Woolworths. Boys to men still keeping up the beat. I, Kim Cattrall's in so many strange things. She was in like a mystery science theater movie we saw. <laughs> She's been in a lot of things. That's Kim so Cattrall. funny. Yeah. Hmm. I liked her. Nancy Parsons. Oh, Alex, Alex Karras was in Porky's. The football player. Oh, nice. Uh, no, yeah, Nancy Parsons, known for her role as Beulah Ballbricker. Mm-hmm. Beulah Ballbricker in the 1982 cult film Porky's. Oh, she was Isn't in Motel cult Hell. Film? That was disturbing. I think the cult, cult film means people still watch it. And I don't think right. anyone's still wear, like, watching They're like black Nikes. <laughs> Nancy Parsons, look at her. Yeah. yeah, Motel Hell. Rory Calhoun was in that. Um, there's her grave. Okay, too soon. I got something else. I got something else. I have, go, I have go, a, go. some information and I have a question. Yes, you there. So I, uh, I have been... Over the years of, of traveling, I have been using in-ear noise-canceling headphones when I would fly and, and other places like that. Um, and I find that that's nice if you're listening to a podcast or watching a movie. And I, I find I, I still enjoy watching a movie uh, while I fly. And especially those, when I, those earbuds are not much fun on a plane. They're not real good. No, they're really, really not. And so yeah. I was a cheapskate and I, you know, it's the, uh, a, a, a poor man can afford only the very best. I didn't follow mm. my own advice. And I went through like three or four different sets of, uh, these in-ear headphones because all of them were uncomfortable after, you know, I can wear regular iPhone, uh, AirPods or regular ones for a long period of time without discomfort. Um, but, I found that these in-ear ones, perhaps because they tried to make a seal inside of your ear canal to block out the external noise, I find them to be fairly uncomfortable after the first hour. And so I was wanted to try something else. And of course, my default was going to be to go to the Bose QuietComfort, I think 30, Q35, I think is, is the name of it. But a number of people, especially one of my friends, uh, Chad, but a few people recommended 
uh, the Sony noise canceling headphones WH1000XM2 over ear wireless Bluetooth headphones with case black. Hmm. And the reason that I decided to go with these is because when I am traveling with, uh, with like my boy, for example, we'll want to watch a movie together. And so I want to be able to plug in the headphones wired style so that I can watch the same movie as him. We have the little splitter that you watch right. and then we can watch the same thing. And when I'm on my own traveling or, or in other situations at work or whatever, and I want to wear headphones, then I could use the Bluetooth. The problem with the Bose ones, the newer Bose ones, the, the, the good Bose ones, uh, they had in order to switch to wired, you actually have to like remove the Bluetooth unit out of the phone. Like it's like a circuit board that has to pop out and then you put a different one in and that's how you plug it in. And that, yeah, that didn't appeal to me very much. Uh, And so a friend, Chad and a couple other people suggested these and said, no, you don't have to do that with these. You just plug the wire in and you're set. And, uh, and so I just got them actually this morning and tried them out and they sound really, really great. Uh, I've never been a huge fan of Bose in general, but uh, you know, so I thought I would try these and they, they sound great. They're super light, super comfortable. They fold up into a really nice little case. They come in like a really nice box and, and you, you feel special for getting them. Uh, so anyway, long story short, uh, I put those in the show notes too. my limited use with them has been excellent. I'm going to be taking them on a trip with me coming up soon and I'll I'll have some follow-up after I do that. But just based on, I a long time ago did order the bows and wound up sending them back. Uh, and so these already... Just clarify, these are over-ear. Yes, I'm sorry for not clarifying that. You're right. They are over-ear and I decided to try something different by doing over-ear. And these are super comfortable. I wore them for a couple hours earlier today uh, and they're just super... And I'm, I'm used to wearing all kinds of headphones when I'm recording and these are more comfortable than anything I've ever worn like that before. And I, you know, I, um, I don't know about sound fidelity and hi-fi and that kind of stuff because that's not something I care about. I just want to hear like, do they sound good and they sound fine to me? So, uh, those are in the show notes, but I wanted to ask a question. And the question is, is there something that, and maybe Merlin, you have the answer already, but, um, I'm taking my little girl on the trip and I wanted to get something like that for her. And she has a tendency to like break headphones periodically. So, and, and her ears, because she's just a tiny child, her ears are too small for any of even the smallest earbuds that I have for the noise canceling. So oh, right. I don't know. Do you have a recommendation of headphones that ideally would be not on ear, but over ear headphones that could or be noise canceling or could just have a nice fit and, and, noise cancel just by the nature of them fitting over the ears or do you or anyone in the audience have a recommendation for that um i would really like to to hear it because it doesn't seem like there's a whole lot out there for a for child-sized i've only owned i don't know i mean that's that's crazy i've owned tons of bluetooth headsets but in in the modern contemporary era i've only had two bluetooth headsets and i have a very strong opinion about the one that i like best uh, to spend a little less money, I got the Jabra Move wireless stereo headphones black, um, which are pretty bare bones. Mm-hmm. They're not crazy comfortable. I'm trying to remember if they also have the wire that lets you hook them up, like if you're on a plane. Like, I, I imagine I they do. I don't want to spend 100 bucks on something that 
She's only going to well, just get in that case. Just anyway. get the, the prime, the prime basics one. They have prime basics headphones. You can get for like twenty bucks. Oh, look at that right now, prime basics. I always forget but about also, that. Uh, yeah, I also put into notes my go-to ones that I bought for me. I bought for my wife. I bought a second pair. They're the best. These are recommended by um, a friend of the show, Marco Arment. The Plantronics Wireless Noise Canceling Backbeat Headphones, Black and Tan Pro Two. These are one hundred and thirty bucks. They're crazy comfortable, um, and the range is bananas. So basically, if I keep my iPad plugged in near the center of our house, mm-hmm. I can go anywhere in the house and they work throughout the entire oh, house. Oh, that's nice. At least on the same floor. It won't, won't work if I go downstairs, but they sound really good. Uh, I know 130 bucks is, seems like kind of a lot, but I mean, they're pretty sturdy. They come with a nice little bag and some like uh, accessories to, so like I said, you can listen on a plane or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, I think these are very, very good. And they have good, like on the left side, it's got a controller. So Can they be can, wired also? Yes. That's great. They, they come with the wire. So you've got a pause, a play pause. You've got a forward and back that will work with overcast. And you've got a, on, around the outside rim, you've got a, a volume uh, spinner. So you can just go up and down. That's all, awesome. Uh, wirelessly. Perfect. And they're noise reducing, so noise canceling. So they sound really good. They're also nice on a plane if you just want to like not have as much noise. Yeah. Yeah, you can just put those on and it, it just, things get much more yeah. quiet. Pretty, pretty good battery life, but mainly amazing range. Nice. So if, if she's going to destroy them, I wouldn't get her those. I would just get her cheapies from Amazon. Yeah, that's what I'll do. My my boy doesn't so much mind the in-ear ones, um, and my wife doesn't mind them either, but I thought I would uh, get something different for her because her, so, her ears are so tiny. I know. Yeah, I like the um, the AirPods a lot, but they they really – I mean, I guess one benefit of AirPods is if you're out and walking around, you can still hear stuff, and that's a good thing yes. like if you're walking down the street, crossing the street. But on a plane, they're pretty useless in my experience. Yeah, they're, any, any traditional headphones are just um, – in, in, like anything like an iPhone headset, they're just, just useless, pointless. Useless. These, these claim 24 hours of wireless use. Mm which is pretty good and uh, audio up to 100 meters. They claim that's so far. I don't know if it's true. I mean, they are, I, I can tell you like empirically, they are of the earphone things I have easily the furthest range. I don't know if that's, you know, searing into my brain or something or giving me radio waves. <laughs> right, but I'm sure they, uh, they're real good. Good. Good picks. Does that answer your question? Are you satisfied with your? Yes, care? I am. I, I don't, I don't think I need feedback from customers any longer. I think uh, this one that I just put in my cart is going to be perfect. And uh, it, it looks from the pictures, this is the Amazon Basics Lightweight On-Ear Headphones Black, which are mm-hmm. a number one bestseller, 4,787 uh, reviews. I'm going to put these in the show notes. There they are. And in the photos that I can see, they show two different women, uh, both of which whose ears seem to mostly be covered by these headphones and that that's encouraging to me that they'll fit nicely over her tiny, tiny ears, tiny, tiny ears. Yeah. The tiniest of ears. Uh, even, even the hands were so small, like the rain. Mm -hmm. They, um, (laughs) wait, it's not in Chrome. That's not where I saw this. There was a crazy, God, Amazon is doing the craziest thing right now. I'm not saying this is a good thing. I'm saying this is a very interesting thing. So if you enjoy canned carbonated water, did you see what whole foods is doing? Slash Amazon. No. So like if you, in my case, my, my go-to, um, sodi water is I like the Canada dry in an eight pack, mm-hmm. which is usually like at least like three fifty. If you get a 12 pack of LaCroix, I think it's around six bucks. Is that, is that about right? Yeah, I think so. That sounds right. Um, 
Whole Foods now has their own sparkling water available in popular LaCroix-like flavors. Right. They, cur- they currently have a deal through Amazon Prime. Their 12-pack, mm-hmm. as, as against LaCroix's $6, their 12-pack is $4. But right now, they're two for one. Oh, man. You get a 12-pack of carbonated water for $2. Wow. And it's good? I bought some, Yeah. I feel bad, <laughs> but yeah, I did. I bought tons. <laughs> yeah, if you're Prime Now, uh, if you, if, if, do you have Prime Now? Yeah. Yeah, try it. Go, go look it up. See, I did screenshots of it because I was just so blown away. <laughs> I was like, what is this? That's, that, is, that is so aggressive. They're going right at LaCroix. Oh, I yeah. mean, oh my God. That's so mental. Um, not saying it's good. No. As a thing, no. but it certainly is interesting. Power of Markets. Power of the markets. Uh, let's get, you know what? We probably have time for your Android journey, but would you uh, first delight me by telling me about uh, another thing that you like? Sure. I'd like to tell you all about Fresh Books. Fresh Books! Fresh Books. This is, this is a wonderful, wonderful web-based application. It's really, really good for freelancers, small, medium-sized businesses. It's going to save you a tremendous amount of time by making it easier for you to get paid. And that should grab your attention if you're a freelancer or a smaller, medium-sized business because getting paid is a big deal. Uh, A lot of the time, you send an invoice and you hope that they get it. You wonder if they've gotten it. You wonder if they've seen it. You wonder if they've paid it. Uh, And that's all really, that kind of sucks. All of that kind of sucks. You want to know right away that you sent it and that they got it and then when they read it. And you want to make it easy for them to pay, maybe even right there online with their credit card. Wouldn't that be cool, If especially mm-hmm. if you didn't have to like set any of that stuff up yourself? Times have changed, Dan. You don't have to go through all those crazy machinations you used to. If it's a small gig, a lot of people want to pay with a credit card. You got, do you have a credit card receiver? You got one of those little chunk chunk things? You're going to have them sign it and give them the carbon? You got that? I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't have that. I don't have that. You know who's got that? Who? FreshBooks. FreshBooks has it? They got the Chung Chung machine. With two clicks, you can set yourself up to receive payments online. Mm. That's all it takes. And this is so awesome. Like I said, you send that invoice out, it will show you, they send it out for you, and it'll show you when they've read it. So you can go into your main dashboard where there's tons of other really cool information. It'll show you like what your expenses are, how much money you're owed, uh, when you're supposed to get payments. But it'll also show when you click a specific invoice, it'll show you who opened it, and and when they opened it, and maybe the, you'll see multiple people, like if they an accounts payable person also received it, you'll see when they looked at it. Super, super, super useful. This is called Insight. That's what they call that feature. Uh, and it just it, it puts an end to these guessing games of when am I going to get paid? Uh, it's just everything in this system is designed to work fast and work well and help you get paid faster. They've even got a uh, feature built in for mobile expenses. So if you use the FreshBooks app on your phone, when you go out, let's say you go and you buy something for work or you're at a meal or you're at a hotel or whatever it is, you take a picture of that with your phone using their app and it gets imported in. And now that's how you can track your expenses. It's so awesome. Tons and tons. I wouldn't have enough time to go into all the stuff that, that they have. But one last thing I want to mention is their support is really, really awesome They have a real live person that usually answers in three rings or less. They understand everything there is to know about FreshBooks. They can help you with your problem. And uh, these people are great people. They really do care. They work very hard on this this amazing product. It's something I've used for years and, and many years before they were a sponsor, and I still use it to this day. And they're offering our listeners a 30 day unrestricted free trial 
You don't need to put in a credit card. You don't have to do anything. You just go to freshbooks.com slash back to work and enter back to work in the how did you hear about us section. You will get, uh, you'll support the show, but you'll also get that unrestricted 30 day free trial. And uh, I think you're going to love it. It's the only way that I do any kind of invoicing or expense tracking or anything like that. It's, it's just genius. So uh, again, love their product. Go to freshbooks.com slash back to work and enter the code back to work in the how did you hear us about us section. Thanks very much to FreshBooks for supporting this program with Merlin Mann. Thanks, FreshBooks. Puck, puck. FreshBooks. Mm. We've done this show for a really long time. 380 episodes. Casey List posted the photograph of um, the purchasing of a toaster for John Syracuse from this time in 2011. Can you believe that's seven years ago? Oh, my God. Seven years ago. Wow. It's mental. Get in the bathroom, picture of a boat, second arrow, failing with style. Oh, trigger bites on the bus driver. That's a good mm, that's one. That's a good one. Expectational debt, vocational wheel, and the rest. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> I sound different. The uh, My microphone sounds different in those episodes. Yeah, we're, like we're talking into cardboard boxes. Both of us? Yeah, well. We've come a long way. Yeah. Come a long way, baby. And we do the double ender now. People love that. <clears throat> yeah, I, I definitely notice the difference. I do, too. Um, you know, I want to hear your Android journey. Can I read you this, this one, um, email from a listener that I, I thought was very interesting. We very rarely get insider information, <laughs> but we got a kind of insider information that was both instructive as follow up and fascinating as further information. Hmm. May I read this? Yeah. This is from listener name withheld. I'm going to withhold this person's name entirely. Okay. Listener, listener name withheld, uh, says, hi, Dan Merlin. I've been listening to episode 379, Permanent Hole, and I wanted to clear up what I think is a common misconception of Siri. When you talk about, quote, updates to Siri, you mean changes so that it understands more commands, doesn't misconstrue, misconstrue what you said, or otherwise does more things for you. This is perfectly natural, and I think that's what most people think of as Siri. I think partly because they've led us to believe that's what Siri is. Mm-hmm. That was me editorializing. No, I, no, I, um, I got that. Back to withheld. Uh, about a year ago, I interviewed for the Siri team. Unfortunately, I never made it past a few phone screens, but even with never signing an NDA, it was clear to me that there's way more to Siri than speech recognition. In fact, the voice component is only the tip of the iceberg. All of search, whether you're talking to Siri on your phone, typing a spotlight request on macOS, macOS? Hmm. or entering something on the URL bar in Safari falls under the Siri umbrella. Pause. Isn't that interesting? Yeah, I didn't know that, but he, he or she is talking about an internal, internally, this is all considered Siri. Yeah, I mean, they, and it's confusing for us because relevant search results, I, I do know that the, the notion of relevant search results and suggestions are considered Siri on iOS, but that felt more like a branding strap-on than like really the core part of the product. Yes. We also struggle with things like, well, is voice recognition Siri? The, I mean, is the ability to dictate into a field, is that Siri? Well, yes, I, I suppose, kind of. Is the ability to find out Anna Kendrick's height Siri? Well, yeah, it seems like almost certainly that's Siri. The voice part is Siri. The looking up is Siri. The returning is Siri. The suggestions, suggestions about like, what you might have asked better or what you want to correct, I guess that's all Siri all the way down. But um, to continue... Even if the command itself is relatively straightforward, there's often a lot of back-end processing to make it happen. Remember that bit in the keynote where they informed how you can search for cats, people, boats, locations, etc. Yes, in photos? Yeah. 
That sounded an awful lot like what they said I would have been working on at Apple. Clearly, a team of folks worked for years to make that magic happen, and most of them never touched the voice recognition code. I'm pretty sure Apple considers that a quote-unquote Siri update, even though the voice interface changes were relatively minor. I don't think I'm giving away any trade secrets here. Uh, As I said, I never signed an NDA. So I hope hope this person doesn't get in trouble. But that was an interesting... I guess I guess I find that interesting because they they I feel like um it really has felt mostly like coats of paint um on the voice stuff to call it all these different things to say that's all oh, that's Siri that's Siri that's Siri but it's interesting to me if they internally think about that in terms of whether that's how they break down the work in terms of like business units or how they assign people to the project or, you know, what kind of meetings are happening internally that where we would consider it just a like base touching thing. And maybe there's something more essential going on. I think it's a very interesting idea. Well, and, and, and just to state the obvious, if that is the case, then that's very promising and encouraging, right? If it is more than just a, a coat of paint on a, on a weird voice technology, it, that, that gives me, confidence or happiness that they are going to make this a thing. I think that's, that's good to hear. Uh, my biggest question is when are we going to get the intelligent assistants that we can just talk to that do the thing like Google says, but on Apple. Right. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, as long as they stick to their guns on privacy, the way that they do. Um, I mean, that's one part that it seems like it would slow things down. Um, I don't know. I don't know. I mean, Syracuse has talked about this a lot. Like the real vision of what we think of as true, like AI, is still, if you really look at, really drill into it, it still seems like it's actually pretty far away in the sense of being able to respond contextually, like truly contextually, not just little contextual clues like location or previous searches, but like to to read much deeper into like the complexity of the human mind in English language is still probably pretty far off. I mean, who knows? Someday you might be able to be watching a TV show and say, who's that guy from The Thing? And it'll really know, it'll be able to know what you mean. Maybe because you've asked for who's that guy from The Thing before. And in some, you know what I'm saying? Like the kind of things where you could talk to somebody who's like your partner or a very good friend and you could say something that seems very coded to everybody else, but they know exactly what you mean. Right. Because they understand the contextual clues that well. Did you read Ender's Game, the book, not watch the movie? No. But um, in, I think I, we've, we've mentioned this before. Last time we were talking in depth about this whole thing, but... Um, that led us to the whole conversation of like the, um, the sub vocalization where people are like talking. Like yeah. This. Right. Then, you know, but the idea that one day we will, we will have something like that. Like, I think we're working in that direction. We're getting there. I just love that all of these big companies are all focusing on this. Like how exciting and interesting is that? Whether you want to say, Oh, well Google's got it beat or Oh, Amazon echo is the best one or whatever. Like they're all trying really hard at this. And they, Mm -hmm. I think, I think anybody who ever really sits down and thinks about the challenges of making something like this really work. Boy, I'll tell you, it's got to be hard. It's got to be hard. Well, and I mean, there's so many levels to why it's hard. You know, there's all the stuff that we know about. Like, did it, did it hear you across the room? Did it know which device it should be listening to? Did it know to like tune out what was on the TV right. versus what you were saying? There's all that stuff. There's just getting to the like 2000, whatever, 12 or whenever Siri came out to get to that original idea of that being good. Like, is your connection good? Did it, did it get interpreted? Will it get sent up to the cloud? Will it come back down? All of that stuff has been hard all along. But I think what 
part of what Syracuse is saying that I think is interesting is to go beyond that to the contextual clues about the kinds of things that it could interpret that you mean based on something that a computer would currently find very difficult in terms of the context of what you're asking, why, when, where, what you mean. But then also, like, when is it appropriate to do different kinds of things? I think I have the feeling that a lot of people, this is people, lots of people wrote about the thing where Alexa sent the conversation to somebody on a contact list. Fewer people, some people, but many fewer people wrote about why that actually happened. Mm. And the reason that it happened is completely understandable. If you're talking into a, a dingus and it mishears you, my dingus mishears me all the time. It, it will constantly, I think, I don't know if I did this on here or reconcilable differences, but I can frequently make mine light up by saying, election. <laughs> it did. It just lit up. <laughs> election. What time is it? Oh, and then it denied it. But no, the blue ring lit up when I said election twice. So what happened in that case was, well, yeah, somebody had the contact stuff turned on, bad on them. And what it missing, it just a couple or three different things went wrong. So it started listening when it wasn't supposed to be listening. It then interpreted that something that somebody said was a request to send the message. And I guess it maybe heard something else that was a certain person to send it to. But like, if you've used these things for a year, that's not that perplexing. It sucks. Mm -hmm. I'm glad they found out about it. And I hope that they can find a way to have it happen less less often. But it wasn't that you were hacked. Like, it's just, that's how the thing works. So the other part of this, again, I'm paraphrasing Syracuse probably poorly, but it's like knowing when to do the kinds of things and when not to do the kinds of things. Like if you've got a dog that you've trained to be a police dog, like it's one thing to have a dog that's able to tear somebody's arm off. It's another thing for that dog to know when never to tear an arm off. Yeah. Or like they say about dogs and Marines, the best one of them is somebody who knows when to not follow orders. Well, how do we get to a point where an AI knows what orders to follow, what orders not to follow, <laughs> yeah. and what, when, when to say, belie that order, sir, and do it anyway right. because it knows better than we do. Right. Like, good luck. Are you ready to trust a machine to do that? Like that's, I think we're still a few years off on getting that far along where it could be like the way you have like a code word with somebody or you like do a tippy toe lemon tree. Like you <laughs> warn people about something or you point at your eye and it knows your fingers are crossed. It means something different. I don't know. That sounds uh, probably silly to people who think that, you know, self-driving cars are right around the corner, but like we're going to be finding those corner cases for months and years before it ever gets anywhere near, you know, super reliable. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I think we have time to hear about your uh, Android adventure. It, w- yes, I'm, and I'll I'll make it a, a short Android adventure because it was relatively short. I uh, I used an Android phone exclusively for about one month. Uh, the phone wow. that I got was the Google Pixel Two XL. The XL meaning extra large because it was the larger of the two and had the bigger screen. And uh, I did this at first because I was working on a major redesign of Fireside, both the main website, which has been out for a while, and then the, the back end. And most, I think most of my users are probably on Macs and iOS, but there were some who were on Android. And uh, I didn't have a lot of people saying, this doesn't look good on Android, but it was, you know, I wanted to make sure that it did look really good and that it worked consistently. And the only way to do that was to get an Android phone to test. And I thought, you know, I will, at, at the same time, I will try this out and I'll use it as my main phone. I mean, I could it's have... It's been a while. It's been a while since you were on there. Yeah, it's been a few years. You're, you're, not, you're not a zealot. It's not like you've always only ever used. There's been lots of times where you've gone to the other side for a while. Yeah, like a just while. to try. And, and usually I find my way back to the iPhone uh, and, and I'm 
still use my iPhone now, obviously. But there were a lot of people who would see me tweeting and say, that's not an iPhone or an iOS client that you're tweeting with. Care to tell us the story? And I'm like, I'll, I'll talk <laughs> about it sometime. Uh, so I guess there's interest in this. But, w- you know, what I will say is um, there are some interesting things uh, going on in the Android space right now, uh, both on the hardware side and also on the software side. And we can kind of take it like that. I can, I can talk a little bit about the Google Pixel 2 XL and say that it was, um, as far as the hardware goes, it's wonderful. The hardware is really, really, really good. Uh, it was the whole overall experience was very, it, it's a very, very quick phone. The camera is way better than the camera on the 7 Plus that I have. I don't know how it compares to the 10 because I don't have a 10. But I can tell you that it was just stunning. And uh, the the stuff that you get with the camera, and part of this is software, part of it is hardware, uh, you know how we have on iOS, we have the portrait mode on uh, on some of these newer phones that we have. Yeah. You have portrait mode on Android and, and on this particular phone as well. But it can also do portrait mode uh, with the selfie camera as well. And that's done through software, but it's really, really good. Uh, overall, this the camera was just absolutely amazing, super fast, super great. And I would show people pictures of things I was taking. And they'd say, oh, my gosh, that, is this a DSL? Like, it was that good. People really thought it was that good. And, and I had thought that the 7 Plus was that good. Using this was just such a huge, huge improvement. Is uh, it better in low light? It was very, very good in low light. Uh, I didn't do That's a lot one where of. I feel like there's still room for improvement on all the. Yeah, I agree with you. I didn't do a lot of side by side testing. I really just switched and was just using the phone, uh, the the Pixel, and uh, and so I actually went in and created a new. Uh, essentially, I don't want to call it a throwaway account, but I, I created. I guess it was a throwaway. Uh, Google account to use with the phone because what I wanted to do is I wanted to really embrace the whole Google Google the whole uh-huh. Google ecosystem uh, as much as I could and really dive in but I wanted to do it without the baggage of tons of other accounts and all the other stuff that I've been doing for years you know I wanted to just say I'm new to this let me make a brand new account I'll go in and I'll set it up with this phone and I'll try doing everything the Google way because that was the only way I felt would be a really fair chance to do it. Uh, so in addition, in addition to the amazing camera that it had, the way that this particular phone, it has a, what, what I would call a touch ID sensor. It has a fingerprint scanner and the place that they have put this scanner is on the back of the phone so that if you were to pick up and hold your phone and, and just naturally where oh, you would right. be holding it, where your uh, pointer finger would go, that's pretty much where the little circle was. Now it wasn't a button. It was just a little, uh, little round circle that you would put your finger over at, while you were holding the phone, and it would unlock it. And I found that it was as accurate as the Touch ID on my iPhone. Uh, it, you know, I almost never have to do it twice unless my hands are really wet or I've, you know, something like washing dishes or something. Uh, this was just as accurate as that. It has water resistance and everything else. The screen, people complain about the screen and different viewing angles and things. Uh, I'm not super particular about that, and I didn't run into that. It didn't seem to be a problem for me. I did notice that uh, there's some kind of a mode on the phone in software that allows you to uh, compensate for what many people would call a sort of a, 
like the colors are less vibrant, a little bit more drab, and you can you can somehow boost the colors, and that made hmm. them look unnatural and wrong to me. Uh, so I didn't I didn't use that feature. Uh, but the overall hardware it's a it's a light phone. It's made really really well. It's got uh, it's relatively grippy. I liked the their take on the Touch ID. Uh, there is no home button on the front of the phone at all. Uh, in natural Android fashion, there is this sort of middle, uh, I don't call it a button, but it's a place where you tap that allows you to get to lots of different functions. Uh, I really like the multitasking aspect of the phone. It was very easy to switch between apps uh, and flick apps around and, and quit them and switch back and forth. Did you mention the battery life? Battery life was very good in my experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, Pixel it, 2 XL, is that right? Yeah, Google Pixel 2 XL. The battery life was great. Um, I didn't see anyone complaining about that, and in my experience, it it wound up at the end of the day having as much or more battery life as my 7 Plus had. So uh, overall, you know, pretty pretty happy with the phone uh, from the hardware standpoint. I got a Tech 21 case for it, and uh, so it made it kind of look and feel just like my iPhone. And of course, then you come down to the software side of it. And I can tell you that pretty much every single app that exists for the iOS, for the iOS uh, space exists in the Android space as well. The days of, you know, the Android store being flooded with apps that are all horrible and all stealing your mm-hmm. information are mostly over. If you're sticking with the mainstream apps, you know, like if you want to put like Instagram on, you're fine. But if, mm-hmm. you know, if you get into that weird space of like, where's where where's my wallpapers app? Yeah, I don't know. Then yeah, personality tests. Yeah, right. Uh, but, you know, the and, and in general, the apps nowadays do have parity with the iOS versions of the apps with some exceptions. Uh, and there's some, usually if there are exceptions, there are tiny little, little annoyances or things that were there that are work in a slightly different way. Um, but, you know, and and the new version of Android, uh, and I even I'm sorry, I even forget what the name of the version of Android was. Is it Oreo? I can't remember. Um, it it's much much better. I can tell you, it's significantly faster than iOS. Even when I messed around with the um, iPhone eight and the ten in store, uh, this was still faster. The you mean like for switching apps and stuff? Absolutely, for switching hmm. apps, for closing uh, windows, for you know, anything that you want to do in the software, it was just very, very, very fast. But uh, you definitely have that feeling that, and we talked about this, I think, in our last show, where uh, we, we would say that on a Mac, it really feels like you're moving the cursor when you're moving the mouse. There isn't that layer in between you and the hardware, like you're directly manipulating the hardware in some way. Right. Um, the Android phone, it, it really does feel like uh, there's some kind of chain of command going on. Even though it's fast, it doesn't, there's something, I don't know if it's the screen, I don't know what it is. I can't put my finger on what it is, but there's some, there's something that just, just a little la- like a little bit laggy. Something, it's not so much speed, it just doesn't feel natural. It feels like there's a layer, like you're mm-hmm. interacting with a layer and the layer is then communicating like with like almost like you're using like a protective yeah piece of plastic almost or i and it's not that the screen isn't sensitive it's not a physical thing this is a software thing and uh and 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 that bugged me a little bit and really when it came down to it it was a pleasurable experience i feel like it like if i 
if I was given an Android phone and said, you know, here, here, especially the Google Pixel 2 XL or a Google Pixel 2 in general, um, I would feel like, yeah, I could, I could absolutely use this. I never found it to be frustrating, but there was something that for me just wasn't quite as good. And I feel like that's, it's almost like it's hard to put your finger on what it, what it is that made me feel at the end of the day, more at home and more comfortable uh, in iOS. Is it because I have now 10 years uh, of using it? Well, no, because we've seen multiple iterations of iOS and they've completely changed it. The iOS of today doesn't look the way it did five years ago. It looked completely different. It looks uh, current iOS looks more like current Android than current iOS looks like, you know, iOS um, seven, for example, or six or five. So it wasn't that. I don't know what it was. There is just something that feels I hate to use the word happier, but a little happier and a little friendlier uh, in in iOS. And I also found <clears throat> that a lot of the things that I enjoyed in the past about Android, the, con- the ability to configure different things, to say, well, when I do this, this kind of thing should happen. Um, I found that... Uh, that that that's kind of gone away that the newer version of ios has fixed a lot of those little annoyances that i found that i had you know you can do really nice things Stuff like, like widgets and things like that yeah mm-hmm. yeah widgets mm-hmm. and like um you know how uh on an iphone uh, or at least on my iphone when you swipe up from the bottom you get that little panel which name i forget where you can adjust the brightness and turn control on and off blue to control center the control center on android happens when you sort of swipe down from the top and uh and and when you do that you can customize and control exactly what's there and how it works and and that was really nice and and really refreshing but there were also some little things that um that you know like that were like like the do not disturb stuff that they just announced in in uh in the keynote last week seems really really great uh but a lot of that's in android already you could really get down to the nitty-gritty and customize exactly how you want to not disturb to work uh, also, I noticed one of the other things that um, that I really enjoyed uh, was just being able to really set up the phone so that it it did exactly what you wanted it to do when you wanted it to to do it. You had that minute, you know, control of every aspect of it. But I found that I didn't need it anymore. I didn't really care about it. Um, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. like that used to seem more valuable to me, and maybe because iOS has has improved. That that doesn't seem that important to me anymore, uh, but it was very useful to use while I was testing. I could use you know different browsers, uh, but you know the idea that you can pick a dialer that you like and use a different uh, a different dialer that's really cool. So instead of using just the default dialer, you can get a different one that has uh, that uses contact lists in a different way, or you know has more is more graphical than another one. Um, you know little things like that. But do I need that? No, because none of the dialers that I download and I tried a whole bunch of them, at least the ones that weren't like known spyware, um, which you don't have to worry about on iOS. None of them were as good as just the iOS basic dialer, like, mm-hmm. you know, like things like that. Like you can find these replacement apps for stuff, but they're not as good as the built in iOS ones, you know, like no browser that I used on Android was anywhere near as good as mobile Safari. You know, that's a very, very good app. Yeah, it's really good. And, you know, I mean, yes, I could sync uh, between Chrome uh, on my Mac and Chrome on my Android so that I would see the same things just the way you can do with mobile Safari and Safari. 
on a Mac and an iOS. And so, I mean, there, there are equivalents. The one thing that I really, really liked on Android that does exist for iOS, so it's not really a selling point for Android, is Google Photos. I know you've talked to John Syracuse about that. I don't want to go into it too much. Um, it's but, a great app. But Google Photos is a brilliant app uh, regardless of the platform. But what I would say is one of the, the side effects that uh, coming away from this experience really left me with is, one, um, iOS is even better than I thought it was, despite the little annoyances that are there. Uh, it's really, really great. It's come a long way, and I, I really like it, and I do prefer it. Uh, and that also, um, if somebody said, yeah, here's an Android phone, and this is what you're going to be using now, that it's okay, that I, I could do it, and there wouldn't be that much that I would miss uh, with you know outside you of the ecosystem i could live with it uh, mm-hmm. but i do i do still prefer clearly prefer the uh the ios experience and as far as the hardware goes again not having much time in with the iphone 10 except in the store i can't compare it to that but compared to my um my iphone 7 plus i did like the google pixel xl hardware better hmm. uh, i found it to be better i liked having the uh, the ability to unlock it be right there on the back of the phone because you can set it to like when you pick it up it'll it'll turn on you can have it like you could wake it up just by putting your finger on the back and it would wake it and unlock it instantaneously um yeah you can do that with your thumb too on a on a 7 or an 8 but that kind of thing was just really nice and and it I found it to be very natural that you could have your finger there and in fact, the act of picking it up, it was already unlocked by the time I would even look at it. I understand maybe I Face that. ID does that too. But, you know, so there there are some pluses and minuses to it. I'm certainly not going to recommend it to anyone. But I would say if you're looking for an alternative to an iPhone for whatever reason, uh, that you could consider doing it with uh, with Google um, Are you, there? you know, I understand that there's a lot of people who think Google is is evil and stealing your information, and I'm I'm not going to debate whether that's true or false. Uh, and I know that that puts a lot of people off from from Chrome, let alone using Android. I think you can get through the whole iOS setup process without, and even an iCloud account. You can get in and use your phone without embracing the Apple ecosystem. It's very, very hard to do that with a Google phone. Everything within there. Almost like a Chromebook where it's like that's you're missing the reason why you would have this. Exactly, exactly. And that was the big fundamental difference that I noticed is, you know, you've you've got to sort of say I do and marry Google uh, in order to really get the most out of your phone and the Android experience. So it sounds like it was generally interesting and positive as an experiment. Yeah, um, you know, I didn't, I didn't have to use the phone as my main phone uh, while I was, you know, while I was experimenting with uh, with building the new website. But it made sense for me to try it because I wanted, you know, I like to see what's going on. And coming back to the iPhone was a really pleasurable experience for me. That's, that's always good to hear. So, final judgments. Duga, duga, duga. If you, uh, <laughs> what, who are the sorts of folks that you would rec- recommend or not recommend? this for it sounds like if you have no interest in the google ecosystem it's not a good thing to fiddle with even yeah if if you're not interested in google ecosystem don't even look at this don't worry about how awesome and how much better the camera is don't worry about anything like that just just look the other way and stay where you are for people who who like the google ecosystem uh this is a wonderful phone and and the google experience the android experience it's it's great. I mean, it really is like the apps. If you're if you're 
in, in that Google world, like this phone is amazing and it does everything mm-hmm. and that's everything's what, That's what blew integrated. me away with the very first Android phone. Yeah. Very first one was all I had to do was enter my email address and password and I was logged in. It's like, in now you got everything. Google. Yeah, everything's and there. In, yeah, in 2009 or whatever that was, that was unbelievable. Right. Yeah. Um, what was the other thing I was going to ask? But I'm not, like, I don't think anyone, if you're, like, moderately happy with your iPhone, you don't need to look at this. This isn't, this isn't... Well, here's, here's, my, here's my question about this. Is like, I hate talking about money, um, but, like, just roughly speaking, I mean, this is not a cheap phone, No, right? it is It is not. Um, Google Pixel so, okay, 2 but, I mean, yeah, that's the, that, that answer is all you need to answer. This is not, it's not like back in the day where you sign up with Verizon and get five free phones or something. No. This is a premium you're not going to get this for signing up for a phone package. This is a premium phone that you would buy because you want a nice phone. It, yes. And, and in fact, I, I can't say that it is the best Android hardware experience, but um, there are a number of people who have said that. Mm-hmm. I haven't tried enough of the other ones to know, but they actually just dropped the price of it uh, by a little bit or maybe a couple. Because it looks like there's a Pixel 3 on the way. Yeah, there's point. a Pixel 3, so I'm sure they want to get these out there. But, you know, I think this is like in the seven $800 range. So again, that's not wow, a cheap... really? Yeah, but it's not that's a cheap phone. That's more than phone. I would have thought. Um, but it's, it's well that's worth it for what you get. though, right? Yeah, this is like unlocked from okay. Google. Um, so it's still cheaper than a top-of-the-line iPhone. Yeah, but it's not cheap. So... Uh, but I, I, you know, it was, it, I, I could have gotten a cheap Android crappy phone or tablet or something and done the testing with, but I went into it thinking, mm-hmm. you know what, maybe this could maybe be the next phone that I get. Uh, yeah. but no, the answer is no for me. Hmm. No. You know, one thing I kept thinking about, uh, again, something Syracuse has talked about in the past as, um, the effects of things like animations, um, I wonder, like, it's interesting because, like, the, for a long time, I had reduced motion turned off anywhere. Oh, I could. right, I yeah, yeah. All animations. I wonder, like, did you did you notice either a dearth or excess of animations when you would do stuff on the phone? Uh on on Android, there were not yeah. there were not that many, and you could that you can think of, yeah, that I and you could you could also turn them off completely. Uh, there as I mean, well. If you turn every animation all the way off, it can be a little bit jarring. Yes, I don't but like stuff that. like I don't need the genie effect for the dock. <laughs> I know, like that's the please. But you know, it's it's interesting to me how you can use animations to make things feel faster than they are, and how sometimes done poorly, it makes something feel slower than it is. But like, obviously, this is something they've got you know really locked down and understand in video games. Like, if you're seeing anything on screen that's that you can't interact with. There's probably a reason. There's probably something happening. Something's loading in the background. I guess that's an extreme example. But I wonder I wonder if that's part of it, is that I wonder if you... I'm curious about that phenomenon that you're describing, though, of like when you drag your finger around and it feels like you're not interacting as directly as with some other kinds of objects. I wonder what... I don't know what, what it is. What is it, it just makes something faster, feel faster, slow. In I, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's or responsive is better than faster, slow responsive where it feels like it's doing what you expect it to do in the time such that it feels like you're directly manipulating something on a surface, like moving a piece of paper around with your fingertip. Yeah. And I'll tell you, you know what, you know what the biggest thing that I, and I just remembered this, the thing that I was most happy about when I came back to the iPhone is hmm. the iPhone keyboard. Hmm. It is, I didn't know how good we have it on in iOS. It's remarkably good. And I, this is where we talk about that layer 
there was something about the keyboard and I tried multiple different keyboards because, of course, on Android, there's a thousand keyboards. Most of them probably, you know, track everything and send it away. But I went with a couple of the very mainstream keyboards. There's one from Google and there's a couple others that are legit and that, that aren't horrible and, and stealing all of your key presses. Uh, and I tried them all and I tried the, you know, different configurations of them. You know, of course, with Google, you can, you know, with Android, you can do cool things like you can make the keyboard a little bigger or a little smaller. You can control the height of the um of the keys, you know, you can make a compact keyboard so you see more of the screen or a tall keyboard if you've got big thumbs when you're typing, you know. That must be such a hassle for developers. I, I, you know, can you imagine <laughs> not having a dedicated area called I know, keyboard? I know. I can't imagine what that must do to apps. What but do you do? You just stretch it? You, it, you fill it in with a houndstooth pattern? Like, what do you do? I don't know. It's so weird. But no matter what I did, I could not make it as nice and easy to use, and I was not anywhere near as fast. People were asking me when I first got it, they're like, Dan, are you stroking out? Because like I was making so many typos and so many mistakes to the point where even after using it for a few weeks, I was like, screw this thing, man. Like, mm-hmm, And mm-hmm. I wonder if they had had a better keyboard if I might've stuck with Android, because that for me was, was actually one of the big points of like, this is not, this is not what I, I like. And it's funny because like there was something about the way that it felt and the, and the whole experience of typing on it again, couldn't put my finger on what it was. Why was I making so many mistakes? I'm very fast at typing on an iPhone keyboard. I don't even think twice about it, but on Mm -hmm. this, and again, I got the, the two XL, I remember the 2XL. I got the Pixel 2XL uh, that was essentially the same size as the 7 Plus. So it wasn't like I was going from a bigger phone to a smaller phone. They were pretty mm-hmm. much identical in size. You put one on the other and they're they're the same. So I don't really know. Did you ever use the 2XL? Mm-mm. Wait, I'm, I'm 2XL. What is that what you just described? The Pixel 2 It's the XL? Google Pixel 2XL, but there's a toy robot called the 2XL. Oh yeah, we've talked about him a lot yeah. on um, on on Do by Friday. Yeah. Max is very upset by how uh, how does one say how, uh, how how much a member of the tribe he sounds. He sounds like a very fretful, <laughs> very fretful Jewish man. <laughs> he does. <laughs> She's a beautiful woman. Yeah. Two XL. Yeah, yeah. They had the was that was that Atrax? Yeah, Atrax. Yeah. <sighs> sounds like a good experiment. What a weird time. Weird time for phones. A lot going on. A lot of grenades rolling around. Yeah. 2XL. Um, did you want to tell me about one more thing that you like? The last thing I'll tell you about today is Squarespace. Squarespace. Squarespace you is... Know it. They are the place to go if you want to make a website. There's no better yes. place to go. And uh, and they, they, they want you to go there and they want you to make something cool. They have beautiful templates created by world-class designers they've got built-in e-commerce so you can sell anything online you can customize the look and feel the settings the the products that you're selling with just a couple clicks everything is optimized for mobile right out of the box and uh now they've even got a new way to buy domains you can get over 200 extensions to choose from over at squarespace so when you're getting your new website set up you think you know i probably want a domain for this you can get it right there uh it's it's really cool analytics are built in They've got built-in SEO, built-in secure hosting. You don't ever have to patch anything. You never have to upgrade anything. And they also have 24-7 award-winning customer support. So when you have a question, 
you just ask them and they'll come back and, and help you out as best they can. And usually they're able to solve it first try because they know they know their stuff. And this is perfect for publishing a blog or selling a physical service or a digital product, whatever it is that you want to do, promote, you know, promote your, your, uh, your new business. You, you've got a restaurant. I'm trying to pick out some restaurants for this trip that I'm doing. I keep finding, oh, look at this. This is another beautiful site. I wonder where it is. I'll view the source. It's Squarespace. Like how are these? Well, you can sure tell when it's not Squarespace when you arrive somewhere and they're like front of menu as PDF, back of menu as PDF. <laughs> yeah, click to load the flash. It's like, <laughs> oh, really? It's always been so mental to me. Like this, the single most desirable customer, new customer you could imagine in the world, is this single white man with an iPhone who's hungry mm-hmm. and they can't see anything about your restaurant no. because it's just that's so crazy. And with Squarespace, it's responsive. It looks good on every device or dingus. It just loads right up. It is gorgeous, straight out of the box. And it's, you know, we don't talk about this a lot. We mentioned the whole like you don't have to uh, patch stuff, but it's just so easy to maintain a Squarespace site. You just plan a little bit. You think a little bit. You know, you know, you don't have to think or plan. You can just start just start banging on the keyboard, and it'll make a website. But it's so easy to manage. If you want to move areas out of the menu bar, you just switch it over into this area over on the left rail. You know, if you haven't tried it yet, give it a try. It is an awful lot of fun to use. Squarespace.com slash it's your show. It's your show. For a free trial, and when you're ready to launch, use the code It's Your Show and you'll save ten percent off your first purchase of a website or a domain. So uh they've got it all. Squarespace.com slash it's your show. Promo code it's your show. Thanks to Squarespace for making this show possible. Thanks, Squarespace. Buck buck. Uh Kevin Feige. This is a headline. Kevin Feige is quote waiting for a phone call about X-Men and Fantastic Four. He's just waiting for the call to say yay or nay about bringing the X-Men and the Fantastic Four into the MCU. Who's waiting? Who is that? Uh, Kevin Feige. He's like the, the head Marvel like entertainment guy. What do you mean he's waiting for a call? Well, I guess what he's saying is that like they're they're still working everything out, but like he's essentially saying like he's good to go. Like, oh, let's make this happen. Let's I bet he'd love to know. Like given the future of like all how all the the planning that's in place now like yeah. if you're gonna have the fantastic four and x-men in there it'd be good to know now you know i i wonder does the fact that the mcu has spider-man in it does that mean sony can't make a spider-man movie also is that what i'm, I'm legit, legitimately asking i don't yeah. know the answer i don't know i know it's gotten less complicated but it's still very complicated because so the, the, the I mean, there's the, the what, there's, you know, there's just the crazy part of like, it could be different licensing was in place for, you're allowed to talk about, you're allowed to mention this character, but you're not allowed to call this character by their X-Men name. You can only call them by their, you know, given name. Right. It's like, you can, you can, you can say this is Wanda Maximoff, but you can't call her Scarlet Witch, or you can have this Quicksilver, but you can't call him uh, Pietro or whatever. Right. Or, like, you can deal with this character, but not in the context of being in this group. You can talk about this group, but not when using this character. You can call them an ex, uh, a mutant, but not an X-Men. Right. Like, there's all, all that stuff is, is so baffling to me. And I think, I think that's, there's still, I don't think that's all totally worked out. It isn't just that Marvel gets to, like, have one big chessboard and make everybody do whatever they want. I think right. there's still a lot of limitations. I don't know. I don't know. The new Venom apparently just has, like, a cameo from Tom Holland in it. Uh, mm. of spite like how can anyway that's weird i know i'm upset yeah it's very upsetting there's a lot of good tv shows though that's that's uh 
That's something exciting. Yeah, we got a lot of good TV shows. What else do I have to tell you about? I think that's probably it. Um, did I have anything else here? Series shortcuts, major can. Oh, we had that good email about uh, Star Trek. But we should save that for next time. Really, yes, we should. But uh, I just want to say that our, our now our new night e- evening routine includes an episode of Star Trek every night now. Of Classical? The Classic. original series. That's so nice. And uh, last night we watched Arena, which is the one with the Gorn, where Kirk and the captain of the Gorn ship are taken to a battle world where they must fight each other. And it is, as a child, was always one of my favorite episodes. And the Gorn is, is it's so, so much a man in a rubber suit. <laughs> the head doesn't ha- it's a, and it's an expressionless alligator it's head like an with, overhead halloween mask yeah, kind of look it's yeah. so bad and um and the scenes where kirk is fighting this gorn there the fight is it's so bad like there's not words for how bad it was and <laughs> my son is watching this for the first time i'm watching it for the 50th time and we're just laughing together but the best part of it was we were not laughing at it. We were laughing with it. It was yeah. he enjoyed it and at the end of it he said that was one of the best episodes ever. Like you know, like it doesn't it doesn't get in the way of the enjoyment of the show. And That's even so cool. yeah, we just are having so much fun watching these. And like the 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 what the the person who did email us uh, said I'll I'll just I'll mention this now is for people yeah. who want to get into this. Apparently the, We've been talking about re- what had been remastered. Right. You were kind of put off by the remastering of the outside space. Of the ships. Scenes. Right. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm, that's fine. I'm fine with it now. Uh, but like the Gorn, they like made the Gorn blink occasionally and oh just like putting an eyelid over it sometimes, which I didn't like. But it's such a George Lucas movie. <laughs> I know. But you I can, know you don't like the Ewoks, <laughs> but now their eyes are much more right. realistic. That's yep, that's yep. why you didn't like them, because they weren't yeah, blinking. Right. <laughs> they had those dead dolls. Uh, but and so <laughs> now they had these creepy <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese eyelids. <laughs> if you want to see it in its original form, apparently both the remastered and original are available on Amazon prime streaming which uh which i didn't know but th- thanks to our i did not know no, no, ladies thank you to listener brian for yeah. for uh, cluing us to that yeah. this is a jam-packed episode dan dan we're going to be away next week for a variety of reasons i know did you know that i did know that i think people should go back and listen to an old episode which episode should they go to not seven i i think they should listen to episode five i think they should go back and listen to trigger bites on the bus driver all right or you can go back and listen to that uh, world famous GTD series we did. Oh like yeah, yeah. What you uh, get your GTD'd? I'm going to put five and those. I'm going to find those, but I'll put those in the show notes. That's what people should listen copyright to. Copyright 2001, David Co. Mm-hmm. Getting things done. It's around 99, I think. Right to learn. 90. 99-ish. Uh, so 95 was she's five for a living. Intro to <laughs> David Allen's getting things done. Oh, Lordy. And that's Three part storyline. Weighs over 100 pounds. Can you believe that? No. She laid on me the other day and almost died. <laughs> she's five feet tall. It's ridiculous. She's just, she's two inches shorter than Anna Kendrick and Wolverine. And you've, you've used the phone to prove it. Use the phone to prove it. I used, I used uh, augmented reality. <laughs> Beep boop. I love you. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, yeah. So we're out, uh, we're out on the, um, let's see. Today is the, 
Today is Tuesday, 12th. June 12th. So we'll be out on the 19th, but then we'll be back in uh, roaring back at uh, full speed. Yeah, on the 26th. Yeah, so so don't listen to the live feed because we won't be there. Right. I mean, you do what you want. It's, it's your time. And you listen to it. but <laughs> Yeah. But uh, anyway, uh, thanks for tuning in. Happy summer to everybody. Happy summer to you. Try not to die. All right, uh, let's button this up. All right. Okay, I love you. Love you too, Merlin Man. <laughs>